So welcome to our podcast today. This is Jim Gerson from CareStack. I'm thrilled to have as my guest today, Paul Baines, who's the Office Operations Manager for Element Dental in downtown Boston, Massachusetts. And the topic for our podcast today is practice manager, management software decision-making for a startup. So Paul, thank you for joining us and for being my featured guest today on this topic. Um, you know, welcome to our program. Thank you, Jim. I'm glad to be here. I'm really looking forward to talking about software. Appreciate that. So I think for our listeners out there, it's important to share with them that you've had a really you know, fascinating professional experience um, in technology and, and now in dentistry. And um, I, I know it's going to sound like you're bragging about yourself, but I love to hear it. I know our listeners would love to hear about your, your background and your experience. Um, so if you could share that with our audience, that'd be great. Yeah. Uh, I'm trained as a software engineer. And I've worked for a lot of the U.S. government type work, and that includes uh, underwater with the Navy, Air Force type work, um, you know, and then now recently I'm in aerospace with uh, DARPA type work. Okay. And I think it's really important. So you come at this whole decision-making process with a different lens and perspective. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, didn't mean to step on your sense there. How did you, you know, tell me about the gravitational pull to dentistry and, and share that with our listeners, if that's all right. Yeah, I was fortunate enough to meet a very talented uh, dentist and who also happens to be um, my partner. And she is just very passionate about dentistry and watching her work and watching her talk about her patients and everything. I just knew that I had to support her dreams and aspirations um, to build a dental practice. So then, you know, my natural talents were, or my trained skill set was software. So I wanted to help her in any way that I could. And so when she wanted to pursue this, I knew I had to help her along. And this journey started, you know, for our listeners, um, just contextually, how long had this been in, in play to open this practice? And when did you kind of, you know, break ground and start seeing patients? Yeah, th this has been a quite a long journey. We started in 2017. We started to search for practices to acquire. Uh, Massachusetts, Boston in general is a very hard place to uh, acquire a practice. So then we went with the DeNova route that we finally had the opportunity in about late 2018 to sign the lease, but then, um, or to acquire the property. And then it took another year and a half for the actual building to be stood up and then it took about three four months for the practice to open and we opened officially in february 2020 before the pandemic and the state shut us uh shut practices down in march 2020 wow and we've been uh building since then uh slowly but surely what 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 timing i mean if you could you, you guys are you're gonna have some thick skins after making it through this right I, I sure hope so. <laughs> I, I really hope it doesn't get much worse than this. <laughs> well, I appreciate your perspective. So as someone who's running the day-to-day -day of an office, um, from your perspective, how does technology play a role? I kind of look at technology from the lens of my engineering career, which is engineer. the software is a tool. And a tool is something that you just can't pick up like a wrench and start turning bolts right away, you have to understand the value of the tool and actually 
why and how to use it in the bigger scope of things. So for us, when I tried to search for a tool or software, um, I wanted to use a tool that had a lot of capabilities, had a lot of value and things that we could grow with, not necessarily that we knew how to do right away. And so what that meant to me is trying to find something that was packaged up all together that was easy to use and easy to learn. Yeah, thank you for, I mean, it's very future thinking, right? Most practices probably don't have that um, perspective, right? To think about what do, what do I need now, but what are my patients or what might I need as a, as a practitioner might need six or nine months down the road. While we're on this topic, what have you seen as like the patient expectations in the Boston area as far as technology and, and how to utilize it? What's kind of been an eye opener for you? The patient expectations vary quite a bit. There's a lot of, you know, this is not primarily related to the Boston area, but it can apply to any area across the country. There's a lot of practices who are still doing pen and paper um, isolated, you know, they don't have a cloud infrastructure. So patients to this day are not used to a lot of technology, but with other services that they have in their lives, even restaurants to other healthcare providers, they are becoming more familiar with more advanced technology and the expectation for dental is rising. And I, one thing that I believe is for Element Dental, we are meeting those expectations and we are exceeding them in many situations. And so the demographic patients you see, is it a wide array, millennials, Gen Z? Yeah. Okay. We absolutely see a wide array of patients and, you know, from all sorts of adults and, you know, Gen Z, as you were talking about, I would argue that the generation doesn't matter. I've seen right. older patients just as much as younger patients on that demographic scale interact with technology in very different ways. Um, and the most valuable thing that I've seen is they love the convenience of our software tools and setup. They love that they're able to get information quickly and easily. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. If we can shift gears here for a minute. So you're starting from scratch. You mentioned you're a de novo, and that certainly has a, a, a whole different realm of challenges and opportunities. Uh, I think um, if you could speak a little bit about like when you were you're thinking about building this from scratch, right? You're not inheriting legacy technology, right? You didn't, it's, so you had the chance to do it from the ground up like what were the key factors or variables that you wanted to evaluate um, from a practice management partner in that vetting process? So from a practice management software, the more I researched, the more I realized there are different companies doing very unique and specialized things. You may have a company that does specifically the email or the communications. You may have a company that does specifically just the core dentistry part. Um, you have companies that provide cloud solutions, you have provide companies that provide on-premises solutions, and there is a wide variety of support and efforts. And one thing that I really realized at the end of the day is I wanted a holistic solution that would provide a little bit of everything so I could get a flavor of what I needed and then invest more in that in the long term as I needed it but I didn't want to invest in a company that provided a specialized solution, which I never used. So that was always um, a risk to reward analysis that I had to do. 
And so in that process, were there any like showstoppers that you and the, and the dentist owner were thinking, you know, these are things that we are must haves, let's say that are non-negotiable for us. So to be specific, a must have for me was cloud software. I wanted to, in my office, I did not want to spend a lot of, you know, a lot of our precious funds on hardware that was just going to sit there. Um, HIPAA and, you know, PHA, PHI guidance recommends that you have both on-site and off-premises background backups of your data for software, uh, patient records. If we are hosting in the cloud, that goes away. That requirement goes away because we never actually have that data. So sure. now I don't have to buy additional hardware to store that data. I don't have additional costs to store that data off-site. All of that cost and infrastructure and that update and that headache and the administration now goes away. So for me, cloud software was a must. You know, it's interesting. I'm in that, my wife is in the healthcare space as a chiropractor. And it's amazing to me that dentistry is really the last frontier of um, consumer healthcare where you're, you're expected almost to house your own IT infrastructure on site. It's commonplace. It's crazy. And I guess I'm, I'm biased, right? I'm not objective here. I do work for CareStack, um, but I'm glad you spoke to that. And I think it's important for people that are doing the de novo or, or, or build out route, um, consider the, the, the pros and cons of, of moving off a, of, you know, the legacy IT infrastructure in a closet somewhere on site. Right. I mean, the thing is, is it's always a trade-off. And our trade-off in this situation from cloud is now we need a reliable internet service provider. Sure. Right? And that's not something anybody can help with, but it's also something to be aware of if you're in a, maybe a potentially a rural area that you better make sure that you have good internet access somehow um, or some sort of backup or, and all that kind of stuff. Where in the city, that's less of a problem. Um, but just be aware of those types of situations as well. Yeah, th thank you for speaking to that, right? You've got to really look at what are the, the pros and cons or the potential deal breakers or showstoppers and trade-offs, things of that nature. So it's probably not a secret to our listeners today that you're a CareStack client. After all, this is a CareStack sponsored <laughs> podcast, right? Yes. So um, I'm going to ask the questions I think that probably, I know you're comfortable answering, but maybe people in our company don't want to ask, but I'm going to ask them if that's all right with you. Yeah, so, so why did you why did you pick CareStack back in the winter, you know, late fall, given the relative unknowns, when there are definitely safer, more well-known options to possibly choose from? I evaluate software. It's not about legacy. It's about capabilities and functionality. What I was seeing in CareStack, the capabilities that were both presented to me and then later shown to me in a demonstration environment they were just far beyond what I was able to see in other software solutions. Um, the other thing that I really liked is CareStack is technology native company. I don't think a lot of users or dentists really care what that may not know what that means. What that means is this is an organization that's set up to look at uh, dentistry from a software point of view. And what that, the result is uh, on the back end means that their software is going to be much more efficient. It's going to be much more capable uh, in terms of features 
going forward than other solutions that are maybe dental focused first. Essentially, CareStack is going to be a scalable solution where, okay, so the two capabilities from a software perspective that I saw that CareStack presented that was not easily uh, presented in the other ones was when I wanted to search for a patient, it was very, there's the search bar across the top is very native and it was very, very fast and efficient. I, and you could search for name, address, phone number, anything you started putting in that search bar, the response rate indicated to me that the, on the back end that search was very efficient. And then the other thing that I was really looking for is reporting. I tried to use the other ones to generate reports for like income, patients, stuff like this. And I found the reporting to be very unintuitive with care stocks, the reporting, they're always thinking of new ways to present both reports for the doctors, but they're also trying to think of perspectives of like, how does a DSO uh, use this? How does a CPA use this? So they're always thinking of reporting to their audience, which I thought was fantastic. And for me as a practice manager, they had the reporting that I wanted to see and it was really easily explained and easy to get to and generate those reports. And the other thing is the reports were incredibly quick. I could change the parameters, generate a new report, and it would take seconds, not minutes, not hours, not days. Yeah, thank you for speaking to that. I appreciate it. It's great for me. I mean, I've been working with you for nine or 10 months now, and um, I didn't have a, a great clear understanding. So thanks for sharing that. Some of this is new information. So I, I really appreciate that. So do you mind if we address kind of the elephant in the room with the decision-making process with CareStack? Yeah. So you make the decision, this is the route you want to go. Now you go out into the marketplace and you're a de novo and you're looking for staff and team members. And let's face it, we're a nascent company, right? We've been in the marketplace about three years now, companies founded in 2014. There's not a, a massive amount of users out there that are familiar with CareStack. It, it's almost fair to say that there's like a, especially in Boston, maybe there's that, you know, a handful of people that are, that are, are well, really well versed to pull from. So training and onboarding is really critical. So can you speak to that process, like the training and implementation and getting people that have never seen or touched this to feel comfortable with a product? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to answer this in three parts, right? Finding team members, team buy-in, and then once that buy-in is achieved, how do you actually get them to be efficient? Um, when we hire, we are looking for team members that are looking and willing to learn and they don't we, we don't essentially want anybody to say i'm used to this practice management software and this is all i'm going to use we want somebody to come in and say it doesn't matter to me and i'm excited to learn about something new so first the personality of it and then buy-in right when they're excited to learn something then you have to show them something cool you have to show them how to hook them in so i i asked my team like you know, what was a pain point in your previous one? And they would tell me and I would show them. Um, my assistant, for example, wanted to make sure that they could go through, uh, when they're doing charting, go through the charting efficiently. So being able to set that up for her was a buy-in feature for her. 
for my front okay. desk, they wanted to do electronic claims because they were still doing paper claims, right? So that's just showing you the person where they're coming from to what they're going to. And once I was able to show them that with that with CareStack, they'll never have to touch paper for claims again. They were so excited. So they're bought in. Now, the hard part is how do I set up my workflows? How do I actually get them to like adjust their work stuff? And I've one of the big things is CareStack has two big features. One is support and one is CareStack University. CareStack University is my favorite and it's, it allows you to teach somebody without, you know, all the hands-on time that it takes, but it, it shows you all the features inside CareStack and how to use them. And the second thing, which is the support, if my users ever run into an issue, they're able to get in contact with people who are familiar with the dental world and ask them questions on, hey, I'm trying to enter this code. I'm not sure where this, where to enter these notes. They can get down into the specific issue and get resolution on that specific issue incredibly efficiently. Um, so now I have a willing person that came in, learned, fixed their pain point in their previous stuff and is learning new things and learning how to work efficiently in that environment. Those things and those tools that were, those resources that were available, they were, they're indispensable to us now. Thank you for articulating that. I, I think it's critical to mention to our listeners too, is that you're, you know, I've noticed from the outside in that you're also in your recruitment efforts looking for people that are open to change, right? And have a mindset to adapt and are flexible. And I want to give you credit for that because that's not, you know, not always a, a, a key contributing factor to someone who's in the interviewing potential employees. So that, I think that also makes a significant difference, the type of individual you're looking for to join your group. Well, I think it really speaks to the team that we have and the team that we want to grow into. Um, I think a lot of... Um, people like you're saying could potentially have this mentality of we're not like once it's good it's good enough um in software software is always changing because we're always looking for ways to improve to ways to change and to become more efficient and the reason we are is because software is never good enough and so that comes from my background and i just wanted to apply that to the dental world i don't think our dental practice is going to be good until for a very long time we're always going to have things that that are going to fall back and we're going to need to improve later on i appreciate you going in depth on that thank you so it's amazing where time has gone right and some days it feels like it's going by really slow and other days it's shooting by so now we're you know eight months really into you know since you've gone live with Karastack, you did mention the the you know the covid related shutdown uh, but love to get a better understanding of the the benefits that you're seeing for the practice, the efficiencies you've gained since you guys have started to utilize CareStack as your practice management. Um, one of the big efficiencies that I've realized is where over time, we, we did have a learning curve, right? That's gonna happen with any tool that you use. And over time, I see my users both spending less time um, stuck and more time working on more patients. So they're becoming more efficient. And what's really nice is now we're able to start documenting best practices and workflows 
so that we're not spending a lot of time. So one of the first things that we ran into is how do we deal with a patient with two insurances, right? A primary and a backup. At first, we spent probably more time than I would like to say on this podcast on that issue. Okay. But now that we've been through it once, we know how to deal with it a second time. We know how to deal with it a third time and we're only gonna become more efficient. I've not had to hire more staff because they're becoming more capable and which is great. My staff is becoming more valuable to the organization because they're able to do more with care stock. Yeah, super valuable to, to hear firsthand and maybe inspiration for other people that are starting out, right? As, as, uh, as de novos, as you mentioned. Yes. I, you know, the thing is, is when you're looking for software, you want to um, not necessarily look at the price or, you know, this is what this person is offering and this one is free versus expensive. You want to really look at, um, at the end of the day, saving people's time. Are you saving patients time? Are you saving your staff time? Are you saving yourself time? And the way you do that is you have to look at what you do on a day-to-day -day basis. What does your front desk do in terms of calling patients in? What does your insurance person do in terms of sending out claims and following up on them? What does, um, what do you do as an office manager in terms of reporting, checking up on claims and all that kind of stuff? what tool would provide you the most efficient way to do that? That is what you need to look at. And it, for CareStack, it has checked off so many boxes to count that it has made our organization overall much more efficient. Thank you. You know, so a moment or two ago, something caught my attention, which is you, you, you spoke to how software is always evolving, right? And it gets better. And that's what makes, that's what encourages us, right? To continue to work on things. And I, I would tell you and any, all of our customers that the software tomorrow is gonna be better than it is today. Uh, mainly due to the fact that our clients are always challenging us to make enhancements and we learn more about the marketplace and what people are looking for. So with that being said, I know our leadership is certainly listening to this podcast and I, I wanna give you a platform. Um, Paul, I, I, I know you have a wish list. So what are the areas within CareStack that you'd like to see enhanced here in the near future? What's the opportunity for us and where can we develop the product to make it even better? Yeah, so one of the big things is there's one clinical and one administrative that I would really like to see. From the clinical side of things, I think we have good integration with sensors, but I would like to see more, um, you know, as an office integrating with um, intraoral scanners, 3D scanners. Um, I would like for CareStack to grow in the sensor capability uh, area so that when a patient record is pulled up, we're able to quickly and clearly see all the different types of sensors and scans that we can do. So again, that's the clinical digital perspective. And then from the administrative side, I would like to see more integrations into um, you know, financial reporting tools like a QuickBooks, and then from a maybe a daily perspective of office operations, being able to uh, receive or um, you know maybe some sort of dashboard where we can see daily reports of what is happening and being able to get some sort of historical trends 
of how that in, in you know some better practice analytics okay uh, those are the three things that i'm looking forward to in the future and you know i i hope cares i knowing what i know about care stack i'm sure they got it in the books or you know they got it planned somewhere out but i'm excited to hear about those features when they do come out well voice of a uh, voice of our customers is critical right that's where we're going to get the most guidance and direction not us huddling up internally right and thinking about what the market needs so um, and thank you for articulating that uh, it's important and for the listeners out there you know we enhancements are derived from our user base and, and paul's seen that and how we've evolved the product um, so continue to bring these things to our attention yeah and i honestly overall my experience with CareStack has definitely been positive but you know to be honest the tool is great all that stuff but i really would have to commend all the people that you know like yourself jim and the support staff and the accounting or the uh, coaching staff that you have surrounded her, this tool with is phenomenal um they quickly understand issues they know exactly what the user wants they're all in the dental profession i think there's a lot to say about the people working at carestack in the that i think will directly translate into the su success of a dental office getting onboarded um or bringing in carestack into their environment thank you so much for the kind words i i sincerely appreciate it on behalf of carestack and Paul, it's been great speaking with you and gaining your insights. I'm hoping my fingers are crossed that the Yankee Dental meeting happens this January. And maybe we can have a virtual high five, if not a, a real live one in person. I in agree. Boston, yeah. in late January, right? Stay optimistic. Same here. Thanks, Joe. Uh, yeah, thank you so much for being our guests. Again, Paul Baines, Office Operations Manager for Element Dental in Boston, Massachusetts, with our guest today. Thank you so much for listening. And, and Paul, we look forward to collaborating again with you in the future. Thank you, Jim. Have a great one. You too.